Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 16, and uh, I'm excited about this, this message tonight, um, and I'm glad that I didn't uh, uh, try to finish last week because uh, there's a lot of stuff here, and I love how the Holy Spirit ties things up when the uh how many of you remember uh writing essays in high school anybody okay it's like uh some of you guys probably enjoy writing essays um i i really i i didn't care for it uh but i can remember even in grade eight there was this thing about remember you got to have an introduction and then there's the body which you're you're trying to uh to fill in your intro, and, and these, are, these are the points that you're making, and then it ends off with a conclusion. And so if you, a number of the letters that Paul writes, a number of the, the books, there's a, a concluding. And you have to recognize these were letters that were actually written to people or to churches, sometimes to individual people, but most often to churches that, were, that had been started, uh, many of them, by Paul. And so the letters went out uh, because they were not able to, uh, hey, transportation, they didn't have a, a, a setup of, of uh, mail, a mail system like we do today. And, and today it's like so easy to contact people. But um, back then they were doing it by letter. And so this letter was going to Rome and uh, there are some, there's mentioned, last week I mentioned a whole list of names, but uh, Phoebe was one of the names that I mentioned, it was mentioned first. There's a good chance that it was Phoebe herself that was bringing the letter from, that, uh, that Paul had, had, uh, had written. So somebody was scribing for him, Tertius, and, and so the letter was going out uh, and, and perhaps by Phoebe actually carrying it with her to the church, uh, and the believers in Rome. Amazing. And here's the conclusion. Today we're going to be looking at the conclusion. And I've, I've entitled this uh, conclusion or this uh, message tonight is just solid. How many of you would say, I am a solid person? I'm not talking about weight or anything like that. But how many of you say, yeah, I'm a pretty stable, established, solid person? Okay, a few, all right. Uh, tonight, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is saying, if you want to be solid, grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of this. If you want to be established, grab a hold of this. So I want to read from Romans chapter 16, verse from verse 25, just a few verses, and we're going to hone in on this. It says, I'll read the whole thing, and I, I just I want to get into the definition of, of one of the words, establish. That's where I got the, this thing of being solid. And uh, we'll just touch in on some of that, and then we're going to go into uh, what is it that we need to do to be solid, I'm talking about not being all over the place, but to be solid, even when all hell is breaking loose against you or you're struggling or whatever, that you can be solid in it. Because I know uh, for myself, there's times where, I, where when I look, and I'll, I'll just say this, when I look at some situations, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. And sometimes there's a, the more I look at, at some situations that would be impossible for me, and they are, they're impossible, it'd be like, okay, so how, how am I going to get through this? And if I look at it without God being a part of it, I'll tell you right now, I would get overwhelmed. I become anxious. I become fretful, overwhelmed. A whole list of negative things happening as a result of the fact that I'm facing something on my own. 
And the Lord is saying, hey, I want for you to be established. So let me read through these verses, and we'll get into it. Um, it says in verse 25, Romans 16, 25, and this is a, a closing conclusion and benediction. He says, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, there's a lot of stuff there, but I don't know about you, but one of the things that I noticed right off the bat as I, as I read through this, three times it says according, the word according, according to different things. We are established according to three different things that are mentioned here. So part of it, to him. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, who can establish us and make us solid. And I, I don't know, I, t I know this, that in each one of our lives, there will never be a, uh, a person whose life is without some form of storm or another. We all go through storms. So I don't want you to feel like, hey, um, there's something wrong with me because of the storms that I'm facing or I'm going through. How come all these things are happening to me? We go through storms. The thing is, are we established? Are we solid or not? And that's, that's the, the, the point that Paul is concluding with. And it's not Paul. It is Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is coming from God himself and saying, if you want to be solid, it's according to these things. And then three things are listed, and then it ends off with, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Let it be. And this is a conclusion and a wrapping up of the entire book of Romans. If you've missed catching these messages, they've been on the Wednesday nights. We're talking the last 16 messages for the most part. I think there's one or two times where I, I might have been away, I think once. But we have gone through, so you can catch every single uh, verse. We've gone through pretty well every single verse uh, from chapter 1 right through to chapter 16, right to the end. To be established, the word solid, uh, without getting into the, the Greek word, uh, if you really want to know it, uh, you can see me after. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, okay, you want to find out what it is. All right. It's sterizo. Okay, so sterizo or sterizo uh, is the word established, to establish. And it comes from a, uh, a root, and I'll get into the root. But the, this word basically means to make stable, to place firmly, to set fast, to fix in a, in a location that's fixed, it's solid, to strengthen, to make firm, again, to render constant so that there's a stability, it's just a constancy of being established, and to confirm, uh, you just know for sure, and then there's this aspect of one's mind, the, the aspect that it's also uh, intended to impact your mind and thinking if you're established. Because a lot, most of the things that, that, that come against us impact our mind and thinking. And so when we're, when we're all over the place because of situations happening that are out of, out of our control or, or whatever, there's this, this mental aspect, the thought, your thought life can get you into a lot of trouble. And so there's this aspect of being established. If you want to have um, peace of heart and mind, you want to be established. And so this, these last few verses are saying, God is wrapping everything up and saying, do these things. Grab a hold of this. And it's interesting. Sometimes it's, we, we think of, well, it's got to be certain things or whatever. But some of these things, maybe... Uh, 
as we go through, you say, oh, okay. You know, we re read over some scriptures and we, we don't get the depth of it. I want you to know these are things that we need to apply in our life to be solid, solid. This word is also, also it's a presumed derivative of the word hist to me, um, which once again has to do with standing. So being established, it comes from this root of, of, of to stand in place, to make firm, to fix, to establish, uh, to cause a person or thing to keep his or its place. In this case, for us, it's for a person to keep our place. We're not all over the place. We're not up and down. There's a, a solidness about us. To be, to be kept intact, to, to, be, to escape in safety, to be safe, to establish a thing, to cause it to stand, to uphold or su sustain the authority or force of anything. There's this firmness. To stand immovable, this aspect like a foundation of a building. If the foundation of a building is not solid, the house will come down. The foundation needs to be solid. So there's this thing of how do I make my life to be solid? So we're going to be looking at this in more detail. Uh, there's this aspect of, of one to, be, uh, to continue to, to be safe and sound, to stand unharmed, stand ready or prepared, to be of a steadfast mind. Once again, the, the, the aspect of our mind and thinking. Uh, to stand uh, one who does not hesitate, does not waver. Uh, so these are all meanings of the, the word to establish and the root of that word to establish, to be solid, truly, to be solid in your, your life from day to day. I just say thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad that you don't need to know everything about your future? When it comes to all the details, you don't need to know everything. And there's times where we don't, we don't, we just, Lord, I'm trusting you. The Lord maybe doesn't reveal, we're not sure. Lord, I am trusting you. You will lead me and you, you are with me. You will not leave me. You'll not forsake me. And I thank you that you have my life in your hands and I am solid. I am solid in you. All right. Just a few things that we may have to stand against. And I, I sort of alluded to that uh, when it comes to the enemy coming against us. In the last, uh, this past week, in fact, in the last number of days, there have been significant um, attacks of the enemy on individuals. And so they, they, they bring these things to my attention, and I recognize that the enemy is, is attacking. And sometimes we might we say, you know, oh, no, what, you know, am I going to be okay? And I, I just want you to know that we don't have to be afraid ever as a believer. We never have to be afraid of the enemy. And so this, this being solid and being established uh, you will realize as I grab a hold of these things and, and apply them in my life, I never have to be afraid of the enemy coming against me. We know in Ephesians 6 verse 10, uh, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And that's one of the, the words here, the, the hestomy, is the word stand. The same word to be able to stand solid against the wiles of the devil, the, the, the strategies, the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And the next verse starts off standing therefore and then it goes into the armor of God that we can put on to stand to be solid so I want you to know today and I, I already mentioned the moment we give our life to the Lord brand new believer already has authority 
over Satan and all his hordes. And sometimes when we get down the road, we, we, we might feel like, well, I'm not sure. Is God able to see me through this? I am telling you that as we stand solid and as we do the things that, that Paul writes at the end of this letter, as we do them, we'll recognize that, that we will not ever be tossed to and fro. We can stand against this world and the things of this world. Somebody mentioned to me uh, earlier, did you hear about the two, two guys that went on a rampage, a killing rampage out west? Like we're talking, we're talking just a, a dark place that we live in with people that are, that are wicked. When it comes to this world, to, to live in this world and, and, and recognize, hey, you know what? We're living in, in a dark time, probably the, the darkest of times in all of history. And the beautiful thing is that God is saying, hey, it says in 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You are born of God. So you will overcome the world. How? It says, and this is a victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith is what overcomes the world. So you might say, you know what? I'm, I'm so discouraged or, man, this world is a bad place. And uh, there's so many different things that, that come against me. And there's temptations and whatnot. And the Lord is saying, you overcome this world by your faith. And so we're, we're going to uh, look at, as we go through, we can see uh, what Paul writes by the Holy Spirit. The other thing that is coming at this time, and there's, there's different things that, that could come against us that we need to be solid and we'll be established by, uh, that takes care of every and anything that comes against you. But one of the things that is more insidious in these last days, are winds of doctrine. Doctrine. So let me just read to you from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. And once again, as our faith is where it needs to be, even winds of doctrine, there's a, there's a discerning of things that are of God and, and or those that would say, well, this is of God, and it's not. And there's a discerning uh, in, within your spirit, just knowing, hey, uh, this isn't right. This isn't right. Look at, look at what it says here. Uh, Ephesians 4.13. It says, it talks, it's talking about the body of Christ. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we're, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. We haven't arrived yet but we're come, becoming more and more like him. It's like, thank you, Lord, for the work that you're able to do in, our, in my life, in our lives, as we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We get saved, and Lord, be Lord in my life. And I just surrender to you, and God is doing a work that we cannot do on our own. He's doing a work to make us into a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's like, wow, praise God. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So we're talking about uh, men at times and today of all times, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, there was this thing of when you went to church, it wasn't like, hey, even transportation-wise, it would take a while to get to another church. So you had a home church. And so you listened to the preacher. You listened to, to, the, to the man of God at, in your, your, your little village or your little town or whatever. But now... You 
all of you can say, yeah, I, I listen to this person. Oh, pastor, have you heard this person? I heard somebody said to me today, have you heard this, this person? Have you? I said, no, I haven't heard of this. And, oh, man, a great, great preacher, great teacher. Not to, I, I want to say this, and not to say that there's not great preachers and teachers out there. Absolutely there are. But the thing, here's the problem about going online. You don't have the opportunity to really know that person. Not to the, to the extent that you can know myself, to know my wife, to know our family. And so you can see by their fruit, now, not to say that I haven't arrived yet, but when you're online, there's, there's times where it's like, okay, you know what? I don't know who this person is. I don't know the fruit in their life. And it sounds good. Winds of doctrine that come in. It says in the last days, there will be doctrines that are brought in by demons. Doctrines of demons that come into into the, the, the church or into uh, could possibly come into our lives. We need to recognize the word of God will always back itself. Can I just say this? It says by two or three witnesses, a matter is established. There needs to be a confirming within the word regarding uh, a doctrine. So the word itself will give doctrine or will confirm doctrine. Doctrine is backbone. And so when you have the wrong things coming in into, into the church, there's a possibility to be all over the place because of wrong doctrines coming in, wrong teaching coming in. And so there's a turmoil within you uh, regarding grabbing a hold of something that you think is truth, and it's not. There's a twisting. Do you know that this, the first time that Satan came to tempt Jesus, Jesus responded with what? What did he say when, when he went, as soon as he began ministry, he went out into the wilderness, he was there for 40 days, and it says Satan came to tempt him. And first thing he tempted him with is, hey, Jesus, you're hungry, man. You haven't eaten for a long time. Just speak. And this stone here can make it, you can turn it into bread. Eat. What does Jesus respond with? What's the very first few words that he says? It is written. It is written. Thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what it was. So Jesus was quoting the Old Testament that was there. What do you think that Satan did next? Do you know that he came with the, the word and he twisted the word? The next two times that, he, that, that Satan tempted, he used the word and he twisted. Hey, why don't you jump off? It says, and he's quoting from Psalms, that, that the angels will will keep your feet from being dashed. And there was a twisting of, of the word of God, even as he was quoting. And, and so here in these last days, I'm telling you, there are doctrines of demons that the enemy would have us uh, grab a hold of. That you would be established in the word by two or three witnesses, that there's a confirming of the word. And I think some things that, that don't line up because they're taken out of context. You read the word. Read it in context and stand on the word of God. So not tossed to and fro. So winds of doctrine, people are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Let me just give you one. I remember somebody had come to our church and um, basically what, what had happened was Someone had said, hey, you know what? You need to give all your money for this. I'm giving you a word from the Lord. You need to give all your money uh, for this, this project or whatever. So they, they uh, sold their house, and they gave uh, a huge chunk. I don't know if it was all of it, but a huge chunk. And it was like, not good. Uh, no, I'm not saying that the Lord can't speak to us and just say, hey, listen, you know what? 
give give for this work, give give for this uh, project or whatever. But when there's a word that comes, it says here, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. It's like, what? There would be a confirming by the word of God. And uh, so it says here in verse 15, Ephesians 4, 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Become more like Jesus. It's like, oh yeah, to be more like Jesus. So how are we made solid? How are we made solid? Let me just, I'm going to read, and we're going to break this into to three different parts and finish off with the, the conclusion there. But it says here, now to him who is able to establish or make stable or solid, to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. This is the first one. Now, I just want you to know, and especially, it says here, we are made solid. Basically, we're made solid by responding to the gospel. And it's interesting that Paul is very specific. He doesn't just say any gospel. He says, my gospel. Because there's a lot of different gospels out there these days. You, had, you could do this and you're, you're good. Paul says, no, 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 my gospel. In fact, in 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 11, verse 1, he says, and this church, I'll tell you, they, they had the, the gifts of the Spirit in operation and there was things happening in this church and there were some problems, especially with people coming in into the church and they were teaching and preaching things that were different paul wasn't there now he had spent an, a year and a half in the church at corinth it started as he came as a missionary and he's preaching the gospel and people get saved and the, and the church started and he stayed there for a year and a half a good chunk of time and after he left there's others that came in and so it's like Paul is, if you read chapter or, or uh, the second letter, he's defending himself, the different things that he is. And here he says, he says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I was responsible for you to, to be saved to get saved and and to come to the lord and he says to present you as a chaste virgin to christ you've been forgiven you've been washed you've been cleansed you were saved but i fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ the simplicity that is in christ there's been a corruption. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You're gonna, you grab a hold of these things, and it's like a different Jesus, a different spirit. I'll tell you right now, if you're not getting the Holy Spirit... You're getting something different. We're talking a, a demonic spirit that is deceptive to the point of leading you off track. And by the cunning of man. And I, listen, I don't want you to be I don't want you to be frightened here at this point in time. Because I want to give you what Paul says, but I want you to recognize that we're living in the last days. And the enemy knows that his time is short. If the Lord comes back today, I mentioned this a number of times in the last, this past year. If the Lord comes back today, Satan only has seven years left. And in seven years, then he's going to be bound for pretty well a thousand years, according to scripture. So he knows that his time is short. So we have this 
short window of time before the trumpet sounds. And this is why the Lord is, is wanting for that glorious church to be the glorious church without spot or wrinkle, to be prepared, to be solid, so that when he comes, you are ready. And not just you, but others as well. And we'll see that today about being solid. Okay? So, this thing of a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel... If there is no mention of Jesus Christ and him crucified, his finished work on the cross, I'll tell you right now, you stay away from that preacher, church, whatever. Because everything flows from that finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives. So he says here, now, to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you don't respond to the preaching of Jesus Christ, you will not be established. And let me go right to the beginning. You became or you got saved and you were set free, you were you were forgiven, you were washed clean, and you, were, you had new life given to you because you responded to the gospel and you responded to Jesus. You responded to Jesus. You cannot be solid if you do not respond to the gospel. And which gospel? Paul, he says, my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ. I deal with believers and unbelievers that are all over the place. The unbeliever because they don't have Jesus. And the believer because their faith has, has shifted. And they're all over, they're up and down, they're all over the place. Now listen, what is Paul's gospel? Let me read quickly. Galatians 3 verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? And there's going to be question after question after question that Paul, by the Spirit, writes and pens to the, the churches of the province of Galatia. He says, who has bewitched you? There's something that has crept in, a different Jesus. The Jesus that we need to grab a hold of is Jesus Christ crucified. So, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He says, this only I want to learn from you. I want, to get, I want to know this from you. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it because you were keeping the law, doing this, I got to do this, 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 and this? Or was it by the hearing of faith? Question mark. What's the answer? Was it by the works, keeping the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. We cannot make it by keeping the law because we've already broken the law. We can't keep it. If we think we can make it, we have to keep all the law. But all of us have fallen short. We have all sinned. And we've fallen short of the glory of God. We've already broken the law. We're done. The law can no longer, the law can't save us. And us trying to keep the law will not save us. It is by faith that we are saved. Praise God. So, are you so foolish? Question mark. Having begun in the Spirit, when you first got saved, you began in, the, in the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Is it by you working and doing this and that? Is that how you are being saved? Question mark. Are you made, being made perfect by you doing all these different things? Question mark. It's a rhetorical question. The answer is, is, it's not by your flesh. It's not by your effort that we are saved. Having, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So obviously, as Paul is writing the church in, in Galatia, or the churches in Galatia, he's, he's saying, hey, you, you suffered because of 
salvation. Because you became a Christian, there was, there was suffering that you went through and perhaps persecution and these different things that came against you. And is that all in vain now because now you're depending on yourself? Question mark. Is it in vain? Even the suffering that you went through? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Once again, it's by the hearing of faith. The Holy Spirit then begins to work in our life and begins to do miracles, not just on us, but through us to, to impact others. So this thing of the gospel that, that Paul preaches is a gospel that portrays Jesus as crucified for us, his sacrifice on the cross for us. That is the gospel that Paul preached, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he says that very distinctly to, to the Corinthians. And I've read this verse many times over the course of the last number of years because I don't want your faith to be in anything else. He says, when I came, rather when I came to you, did I not come with, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. This fantastic speaker. He says, I didn't come that way. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the gospel. That's Paul's gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. So I didn't come in my own capabilities, my own skills, my own uh, whatever. He says... My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Wisdom, In fact, in the second letter that he writes, he's saying, you know, these other guys say that I'm not much of a, of a speaker, preacher, whatever. And Paul is defending himself, in, especially in the second letter, because the church was going way off track. He says, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit and of power, why? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The power of God. In Galatians chapter 6, 14, he says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The, the world does not impact me. Listen, if you are impacted by the world, your faith is off. It has to come back. It comes back. If you don't want to be impacted by the world, you want to be solid. Boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. My boasting is in you, what you did for me on the cross. And so the world is crucified to me and I to the world. So I, 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 don't, I don't need to have the things of this world. I don't want the things of this world. So, we need to receive the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. If we do not respond to the gospel, if we don't respond to Jesus Christ and him crucified, you will be all over the place. Now, I just want to talk to anybody here that may be in a bad place faith-wise. Just shift your faith back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. If there's anybody that's, that he, that's here that's not saved or you've wandered away from the Lord, just put your faith back there and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you to help you to overcome the things of this world, to make changes in you. Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I surrender to Jesus. Hallelujah. Paul goes so far as to write, I am crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Jesus said, taking up the cross daily, daily. Deny yourself, take up the cross daily, follow me. There's this thing. So that's the first thing. First thing. According, let me read again. Now to him who is able to establish or make you solid, uh, it is according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of him and what he did for you on the cross. That's Paul's gospel. Grab a hold. All right. The second thing that's mentioned here then the second according, he says, now to him who is able to establish you 
according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. Now, what does that mean? Let me just read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, verse, from verse 7. And it says here, and let, before I read this, it says here, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. Is the word of God is going out. And the Old Testament, especially those scriptures that were prophetic in nature, that told of Jesus coming. Like, I, I am blown away when I read through the, uh, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, who lived around 600 years prior to Jesus coming. And here, by the Holy Spirit, there is a revelation of the number of years that it would be before he, that Jesus would come and die. And it, from the time of the destruction or, the, the, or uh, the beginning of the repairs would be 49 years. Another 434 years after. Now, that repair of 49 should have taken, shouldn't have taken that long. But there were pauses in there. And, and it, the temple, if you want to know when it was destroyed, it was destroyed in 586 B.C. So after two years of laying siege, to uh, Jerusalem, uh, basically they went in and they took down every single stone uh, that, was, that was there and the whole temple, the Solomon's temple was totally razed and there was nothing left except the, the floor foundation. Everything was taken down and, and Solomon's temple was beautiful. It was beautiful and totally destroyed. And the walls around the city, there were breaches in those walls, 586 B.C. And so from the time of, of their beginning repairs to the time that Jesus would be cut off was given to the year. How could, how could Daniel know these things except by God? And even to the point of Jesus' return in the seven years that would take place and how things would be and the Antichrist coming and all of that, you can read from about 550 B.C. as the revelation was given to, to uh, Daniel and he's writing these things down. And at times he can't even sleep because of what's going to happen in the last days. And, and so all of this pointing to the fact that Jesus was coming back, that stone, that totally destroyed this, this uh, big image that Nebuchadnezzar had in his dream of the, the big idol with the gold head and the silver upper torso and the, the, uh, the bronze uh, thighs, if you would, and then the iron legs and then the, the feet of clay and stone or the uh, clay and iron. And then that big stone that came and totally destroyed it at the end is the return of Jesus Christ. And, and so these things are shared with him, all pointing to Jesus Christ. The, the mystery, the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest. And by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. So... These things, the mystery made known. Let me just share from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. What mystery that was, was hidden and now is made known? It says, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, there was a realization of, of this, of, of the one that redeemed us through his blood, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in himself, that in the dispensation, in the dispensation, that, that time frame of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. 
through Jesus Christ. And so this mystery has been made known. The mystery was made known to you. Do you know that there are people in our city that don't know what the gospel is? There are people in our city that do not understand what it is that Jesus, who Jesus is and, and, and the fact that he died in our own city. In fact, there are many that, that don't know about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And so if you want to be established, you want to be solid, there's this aspect of sharing this secret, this gospel. It needs to be shared. You need, I need to share it. We need to share it. If you, now, it's interesting, you know, because we think, well, if, if I was stable, you know, I, I, I got to do this, this, and this. I got to, you know. But here it says to make the, 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 the mystery that was kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest. If you want to be established, manifest the gospel of Jesus Christ. The prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. The, the things that were prophesied of what of Jesus coming is to let other people know. One third of scripture is prophecy. Prophets speaking. And, and the Lord is saying, share the gospel. So number one, we need to respond to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. That's how we're saved. That's the first part of being established so you're, you become solid. The second thing is to share the mystery. We need to share. So if you want to be solid, be prepared. I need to be prepared to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know how to share the gospel? I'm just looking into it at, at this point. I've uh, done it many times and or at different times over the years, is this thing of, of how, do, how do we witness and, and all that. So we're just looking into that at this point in time, that you can share the gospel very graphically, distinctly. And so um, that you are, are established, you are solid. And, and I just say, if you're willing to share the gospel with others, to recognize, oh my goodness, as I do that, as I'm willing to do that, and as I do that, I become solid in my, my life and in my situation. I think part of it has to do with the fact that as we know or we're sharing with others the gospel, we recognize the power of God to change our own lives and the power of God that his love for us, his grace and his mercy, it's like, man, and so when the enemy comes or when situations and storms come, it doesn't matter because I know who my God is. I know who my God is, and I know that he's able to keep me. He's able to keep me, so I don't have to worry when all hell breaks loose. Or if, if there is a thing of worry, it's just a short thing. It's just like, what, what am I getting worried about here? The God that I serve rose from the dead. He died and he rose from the dead. All power and authority is his. And he has saved me. I belong to him. I'm a child of the most high God. It does not matter. And so I get to know the truth of who I am as a child of God because the revelation of the mystery of the gospel, the fact that Jesus would come, they did not understand. Listen, they did not fully understand Jesus coming and his death on the cross, his burial and resurrection. There were inklings of it, but they did not know, like we know today, the importance of this and, and how everything happened. It's clear, and that's why Paul says, wasn't Jesus portrayed to you, among you, as crucified? Isn't that how I first, I presented Jesus Christ and him crucified, and you responded, and there was a stability, there were changes that took place in your life. We are made solid by sharing the gospel, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen. In 1 Corinthians 1.21, it says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased, like in their own wisdom, they didn't know God. Right? We're so smart and we're so intelligent. Don't know God. In fact, we, there is no God. 
But it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. As we just, simple thing of believing. For Jews request a sign. Show us signs, God. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. Give me wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block. We want something more. What sign can you show us? And to the Greeks, it's foolishness. What? Jesus Christ and him crucified? I have salvation. I have life in that. Foolishness. The wisdom of this world today. But to those who are called, whether you are wanting a sign and religious like the Jews were, or you are of this world and your wisdom is of this world, the Greeks, if you, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, and you grab a hold, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The preaching of Jesus Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen, you know the passage I quote once again. Pretty well, there's some reference, almost every message that I preach comes back to faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this. Some people, I hope it's not you, you hear the message of the cross and you say, there's got to be something more. I'll tell you right now, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. We're talking even about, not just the unbeliever. They're going to perish because they're not accepting. But to the believer, I am talking to the believer now that just says, you know what, I don't think, ah, there's got to be something more. And they struggle in their walk. They're not solid. They're not established. And they, they're coming to church. Ah, there's got to be something more. Pastor, come on. And Paul, when he says, I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified, it was by the Holy Spirit because everything goes through that finished work. For the message of the cross is the power of God to those that are being saved. Not just were saved, but for today. Oh, there's got to be something more. Man, and I say it often. Let me say it again. What a relief when it clicked and I grabbed a hold of that. Man, I wish somebody would have told me that when I was in my 20s and in my 30s. Even in my 40s, my early 40s. So I'm doing everything according to my strength, by my effort. And it's like, man, am I tossed to and fro. What a different way to live. The just shall live by faith. Thank you, Jesus, that your faith would be in Jesus Christ and him crucified. It saved you when you first came to the Lord, and it is the power of God to those that are being saved today. And we as believers, we just say, no, 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 God, I'm going through the midst of it. I don't think that you can take care of me. Jesus, I don't think you can do it. What you did on the cross, I don't, it's not enough. There's got to be something more. And we, we falter in our, in our lives and the stability, the, the, the establishing and the solidness of where we could be is gone. And we're tossed all over the place. When we start sharing the gospel, it's kind of hard to share the gospel if you don't believe. If you don't believe in something, you're not really going to share it. Man, I cannot wait when there's an opening for somebody. It happened today. Today, there was an opportunity to share the gospel. It wasn't planned. In fact, something, I, there was a situation, and it was not planned. And I was able to share. I just, oh, thank you, Lord, for sharing the gospel. Because there's a power of God for salvation. So if you want stability, the second part is let others know. And when it comes to the scriptures the, of, of prophetic and the prophecies of Jesus coming, get to know them. One of the most powerful passages, all of you know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. If you read the chapter before, 
was written 1,000 years before Jesus came to this planet, and it talks about how he even felt while he was hanging on the cross. Read it. Psalm 22. It talks even how they were looking at him and how, how he felt as they were, sur they were surrounding him as he was hanging on the cross. It even talks about the dryness of his mouth. It talks about his, his hands and his feet being pierced a thousand years before it happened. You can tell somebody, I often use pro prophecy to, to give weight to the gospel. You say, Pastor, are you, are you solid? Do you never have any issue or problem? Let me just say this. This, what Paul is writing by his spirit, is powerful. And as I, as I, I thank God I didn't finish last week because I, I, there's no way that I could have done justice to this passage. Just say, thank you, Lord, for confirming. And I say, as I, st I started off, the only time, the only time where I am overwhelmed is when I take my eyes off of Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. And I look to the problem, and I get overwhelmed by, the, by what's coming at me. How am I going to get through this? And it's a matter of looking back. I need to look back to Jesus and his finished work, and the power of the Holy Spirit takes away the, the anxiety or the fear or whatever it may be because I'm looking to the cross. We are, we are made solid according to his commandment by keeping the faith. The last according, it says, verse 26, the second part of 26, it says, we are made, we are now to him who is able to establish us or make us solid according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. According to the commandment of the everlasting God. God is saying, and I, the one aspect that came out of this commandment of the everlasting God, this thing of being an everlasting God, there's no, there's no beginning, there's no end. God is sovereign. And he is basically saying, I will keep you. I will establish you. I will make you solid. Trust in me. And it says here, for obedience to the faith. Be obedient to the faith. The faith of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Teresa, this is one of your favorite verses. Romans 8, 28. We know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, the called according to his purpose. Listen, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. He knew that we would exist before time began, and he predestined that we as would have opportunity to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. And as we did, we would be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. I just say, thank you, Lord, because of your son. Because of your son, you foreknew us before time began, that we would be called and we would respond. And as we responded, we would be justified. And as we, as we are justified, we would also be glorified. There would be changes that would take place that would glorify the Lord God through Christ and through us. It says, obedient to the faith. We need to, listen, we need to continue in the faith. You want to be established, you need to continue in the faith. Be obedient to the faith. So Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, to God. By him, Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. We have peace 
with God through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. We were apart from God, but now we are reconciled. In the body, how? In the body of his flesh, Jesus' flesh, through death, Jesus' death, to present you and I holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That we can stand before God blameless and above reproach. Now, next verse says, If indeed you continue in the faith. It gets you to a right standing. My goodness, I am right before the Lord, not because of my righteousness. I am right before the Lord because of his righteousness. My faith is in him, and his righteousness is imputed upon me. And I just say, I can stand before the Lord God Almighty. You say, Pastor, have you arrived? I'm in right standing with God. The Lord is still doing a work on me. I haven't arrived yet. But I am in right standing with God because of his finished work on the cross for me. And so if I continue in the faith, Jesus Christ and him crucified, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. We're talking about being solid here. Here we're not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So as we continue in the faith, we are made solid. So we are made solid according to his commandment, because he says, I will make you solid. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. What saved you when you first came to the Lord, that it would be the same thing today. Praise God. Now it says as it closes off this beautiful, powerful letter. He writes, To God, alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Make it so. Let it be. Amen. Let it be. There would be a glory that goes to God the Father through Jesus Christ forever. It is only by the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Can we stand together? I just want to make an invitation. If your faith is somewhere else, just shift it back to the Lord. Lord, forgive me that my faith was in my own works, or I had to do this, 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 and this, and this, and then I, I, I think I'll be okay. Lord, let me put my faith back in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. My, my faith has shifted, and I've been tossed to and fro. It is so easy to bring it back, and I encourage you to bring your faith back to that place that saved you to begin with. Same faith, Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, his death and his burial and his resurrection. Praise the Lord, and that he would receive all glory and honor. And so I would invite you, shift your faith. For those of you that are watching online or if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, come to him. Let him take care of your sins. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess my sin but you died for me. You took all my sins upon yourself. I believe that. I confess it, and I believe it with my mouth, and I ask you to come into my life. You rose from the dead. I'm, I'm, all victory is yours, and I can have victory as well as my faith is in you and what you did for me on the cross, that you would make that declaration by faith, and you will be saved. Keep your faith there, and you will be solid. Hallelujah. Lord, I just close tonight. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you. What a powerful time that we've had these last number of Wednesdays, the last four months, as we went through every single chapter and verse of this powerful letter. And Lord, I just thank you as it concludes. Lord, I pray there would be a responding to the gospel. Lord, that there will be, in these last days, there will be a responding to the gospel like never before. Lord, I pray in these last days that we would go out and we would share the gospel. We can talk about so many other things, and we do. Lord, I pray that we would take and say, Lord, I am available to speak the good news of Jesus Christ, why he came, why he had to die, and that I can have life in him, that he can take care of my sins. Lord, that we would share with others. Lord, you want to establish us. You want to, to, to have us be solid. 
that we would respond to the gospel, we would share the gospel, Lord, that we would be obedient to the faith, that we would keep the faith, and Lord, that the glory, all glory will go to you, that you would be exalted through Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. You are exalted in this. It was the most beautiful and precious thing that you did for us to send your son, Father, that even as we would believe on him, that we would not perish, but we would have eternal life. Lord, not just to be solid, but to have abundant life on this side of heaven, to have eternal life. Lord, we look forward to what is yet to come. Lord, on this side of heaven and on for all eternity, Lord, we look forward because it is good. We thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed, your body broken, your blood shed for us, that we can be made solid in Jesus' name. Bless my dear brothers. The things that are still to, to, to happen even in the coming days, the next few weeks, Lord, I pray for such a powerful move of your spirit that we would just know, oh, this is nothing that was coordinated or, or, or crafted by man, but this is of God. This is a move of God. Lord, you are moving by your spirit, and I thank you for that. You are changing lives. You are changing us, and I thank you for that. And Lord, we are just justified, and Lord, you desire to glorify us even as you have called us. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. You're an amazing God. And Lord, we just give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. Part of sharing the gospel with others, I remind you, if you have not done so already, for those that are on Facebook, connect with somebody and just say, hey, uh, share. Go check out Revive Niagara and share with others, okay? God bless you. Love you guys. Have a wonderful night. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.